Welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss 5G, Ginger, and CES 2020. I don't waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, Ryan, we're back on the Tomorrow podcast. Maybe you've heard of it. It's all about the future. Absolutely. I think I've, I think I've heard of it before. Um, and, you know, it's we're in... Um, we're in the midst of uh, the uh, Corona economy, the COVID, uh, the COVID crisis of 2020, COVID 19, 2020. It's still happening. It's still going on. It's still going on. We're still here. We're still at home. And everybody I know, well, many people I know are like, I think I had it. Have you talked to anybody who's had this this experience? Yes. And I would say about 50% of the time people sound very credible. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably the case. Yeah. And then other people are like, you know, and then I tripped and I stubbed my toe and that maybe that was it. Yeah. And then I kept yeah. sneezing and no. maybe that was it. No. And then I sang a silly song. Yeah. No, people are like, <laughs> I woke up like I woke up in early March and I had like a really bad runny nose. I'm pretty sure that was it. It's like, mm, I don't know. It maybe could well, have been. When we all it. got back from CES, we were sick and it flew through the office, and we were all like, oh shit. Like, when if COVID came around, everyone on our team was like, oh shit. Like, we definitely had COVID. We definitely brought it. Yeah. And someone was like, yeah. no, it was just the flu. Yeah. Like, you just, get I mean, the we flu don't know. Get run down. We don't know. It is possible. No, Laura was like, I was talking to Laura, and she's like, remember when you had that really bad cough and it wouldn't go away? And I'm like, I don't remember that. It was like maybe in February. I'm like, I don't remember that at all. But, I hope that I had COVID-19. That's my real yeah. like deep wish, like as if I did. But we don't know because we don't have widespread testing. And this is the thing, and I, we don't have to get into a big political conversation or whatever about this. It's just like if we could somehow magically snap our fingers right now and get a test for every person in America, we could almost instantly get like a large portion of this country back to like some version of normal, you know? What bothers me is that an HIV test at home costs about 50 to 60 dollars um and a covid 19 at home test is about 120 i think was the number we reported on um obviously the people will be scalping them and charging insane prices but what bothers me is that like these should be free because yeah it does me a little good to know but it does everybody else a lot of good if they know whether or not i'm immune to covid like it does the world a, a world of good if you, you ever everybody knows if I have a communicable disease, right? And that includes HIV and other STIs. And this just makes it really I mean, clear and obvious. And it should make it really clear and obvious that like things like testing and healthcare need to be free yeah. and they need to be like pushed on people. Like the reason that we beat back HIV is because we spent a fuck ton of money yelling at people go get tested it's very easy it takes two seconds please do it and sometimes they did and we were able to like make such huge gains and i think like you know we need to take that approach to basically everything like yeah. I, it's kind of crazy that we have no infrastructure for this well it's 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 i mean you know trump keeps i mean they keep talking about this like defense production act but it's like what why would anybody pay for it why would anybody have to pay for this test? I mean, it's ridiculous. Like the government should say, hey, 
we need to like figure out who has this and who doesn't and start getting like the country back to some version of normal. The economy is fucked up. People's jobs are fucked up. Like regular services are fucked up. I mean, why would it be a individual person's responsibility or their insurance company's responsibility to foot the bill for a test that ultimately is going to have an impact on, I mean, I'm sort of repeating what you said, but it is like, it is, it is, it's, it's a fire department thing. Yeah. If my house is on fire, it is a benefit to all my neighbors if it goes out. Right. It's like, it's like, I mean, to me, this is an an absolute no brainer and is such a great example of why we should have like, uh, like nationalized health services. It's like, you just go, Hey, for the health of the country, we're going to do this and everybody's going to get it. And that's what, just what we're doing. And nobody's paying for it. And nobody's going to have to figure it out. It's like, if you can print $2 trillion to bail out a fucking Shake Shack or whatever, like you can definitely say to whoever makes these, Hey, we're going to pay you for them. We're going to pay at cost. And you're going to do it because it needs to be done now. And that's the end of the story. Like this, I'm sorry. I mean, testing for this virus cannot be a for-profit business. Like it can be a for-profit business, but like the individual should not be footing the bill because like, it's not about individuals. It's about the good of an entire community and the communities beyond that. It's like, this seems like a a huge no-brainer to me. What bothers me though, is that like, we know that this is a a no-brainer. We know that like, like we know that basically the best way to protect our economy and also to take the economy off ice, um, which it is on ice. I, it's important that we use like that verbiage rather than like open up or close because that, that's, that's not what's happening. Um, it, right. Rather than like, it, rather than having to do this again ever, or rather, or in a way to make it easier this time would be like to roll out testing, to have infrastructure for public health, to like make sure that the backbone of, of our country of the world is strong and the backbone is basic services people need to have available. And I I mean, this comes down to every crisis, but the frustrating thing is that we all know this, like even, you know, Trump voters that I know and have spoken to um, in my family who like, you know, my family's been doing huge zoom calls, so it's not something I can avoid Mm. have even said like that they understand that at this point. What bothers me though, is that like Trump's, crowing about opening up the economy not because he thinks it's good or that he thinks it's the answer or that it's a problem he really thinks he can like he he can he can solve through complaining it's because at the end of this he wants to be seen as the guy who was obsessed with getting the economy back on track rather than the guy who fucked everybody up and destroyed like the state of the American economy <laughs> right destabilized the entire world and at the end of this if the economy comes back he gets to take the credit and say I was the only one talking about the economy and if it doesn't come back he gets to say why didn't nobody listen to me about the economy and like it's we can see him making those moves but our representatives and basically the entire democratic establishment including Joe Biden have been completely unable to counter them yeah it's they insane they just continue to do the same thing it's insane that that there is not I mean, why isn't Joe Biden on TV every night? Like, honestly, he's the candidate. Like, My dad like, has cracked. My dad has said, like, I think he's fucking this up. He's also said, like, you know, the, the, we, why are we bailing out giant corporations? Like, they failed. You know, regular people need to be bailed out so we can survive. But corporations, maybe you don't survive. Like, my dad basically repeated the entire – if people saw this, this big – interview that the CEO of Salesforce gave where he was basically saying like 
our airlines aren't going away. The executives at the top who screwed up and weren't planning for a rainy day will go away because they screwed up. Right. And new people will purchase those assets and a new airline will continue to function. Planes will go, but rich people will have to bear some responsibility for the choices that they made for us. Right. And like, that's it. And like, lots of businesses aren't going to shut down because they took the time. I worked at a bank when I was a teenager and um, I was like 19 and it was during the recession and the financial collapse. And the bank grew huge numbers yeah. and expanded enormously because they weren't doing predatory lending before that. Right. And so it was a huge opportunity for them. Right. And that bank who had better policies than large national or international banks be, was able to see business because like of that crisis. And it, it, this should be a growing moment for us. Like this should be a moment where we see the flaws and like correct them. And what bothers me is like, yeah, Joe Biden should be on TV saying this. He, some, my dad should hear some other option talking so that he can latch onto him and like move no, away from is, what obviously isn't is, working. Like literally, literally if there was any person, any senior, I mean, it should be Joe Biden at this point, just I, I, like he needs to go on Chris Cuomo every night or wherever he can be most seen. I don't know where, I don't know. Like, you know, he doesn't have admittedly no Democrat has the ability to like do what Trump is doing, which is like, he puts on a show every night at six o'clock. That's the Trump show. And the Cuomo's doing his best. The media, no Cuomo's doing, I mean, Cuomo's the only very visible Democrat right now who is like speaking on this subject with a sense of authority and reason. And like, and like it's very good, but that should be Joe Biden. Like to be perfectly honest, yeah. I like, should be hearing more about Joe Biden than I do. Gavin but Joe Biden, honestly, Joe Biden needs to. I know that we're all like sheltering in place, but like Andrew Cuomo, who is like the governor of New York and cannot like just sit in his house, he's holding like briefings. There is an audience of reporters. It's obviously a very controlled situation. Joe Biden should be like, we're going to set up a space. We're going to bring in cameras, even if it's just for YouTube. You know, we're going to bring in cameras and proper lighting. We'll bring in reporters and I'm going to hold a briefing like me. Maybe it doesn't have to be every fucking day. It could be like every other day could be once a week. But like, dude, you're the you're the Democratic nominee and you are you need to show like what leadership should be looking like. I believe that he's capable he of doing it national. He should be on like a national stage of some kind every Sunday night before like must see TV starts. Yes. And. Or he should be on social media. and But I think that they're genuinely scared that the more time he spends in public, the bigger I don't his know. opportunity, his vulnerability. I really are. don't and know. So I'm really – it really is confusing to me. It's like the the election is, you know, what is it, six months away? Something like that? I mean, yep. it's not that far off. And maybe it's longer than that, eight months. I don't know. My math is not great. Um, I don't think so. I think no, it's, it's like, like six, seven months. Six or seven. Seven yeah. months. Let's call it whatever and change you know now i know a lot can happen in seven months that's a long fucking time but like i'm just saying you know if joe biden's out there i mean bring him out him and cuomo could do a thing once in a while he could come out with cuomo one time a week and you know talk about his plans and how he's working with cuomo to get the country prepared for the next phase of this in 2020 you know 2021 or whatever like i'm just saying i don't understand just from a pure marketing perspective like if you're in if you're joe biden's like marketing boss you're the head of comms you're like your your job is to make sure that he looks like the person you want to be voting for in november why is he not out and in front of this experience right he has experience with this right. that was his whole selling point he had the experience he had been in the white house he understood all of the factors at play and he could speak to everybody that was his whole pitch right and he lived through obama and chris christie on the tarmac right like right he where yet, where is he 
That's, where is it? Wait, I don't understand it. I really don't. Like, I'm trying to under, like, what, I'm just going to Google real quick. Joe Biden. What's the first thing that comes up when I Google Joe Biden right now? Um, I mean, Megan McCain hints she's voting for Biden over Trump. Okay, great. The first story on my Google beam is the fucking Fox News. It's like, uh, okay, cool. Trump's briefings are campaign ads, and Biden deserves it. Here's the New York Times. Trump's brief. If we're giving Trump a show, we should give Biden one too. It's like, well, Biden should just take one. He doesn't need to ask for it. Like, he should just say, I'm doing a thing. I'm going to have even a- the optics of asking for something like right. that are so bad. I'm sorry, do you not think that if Joe Biden is like, I'm holding a press conference today at at six o'clock and I'm, you know, I want reporters there and it's important, you know, like, do you not think that they would just like they're going to show up? They'll definitely fucking show up if he's like, I'm holding a press conference like it, yeah. it is possible for him to go and do it and do it in a way that's safe. You know, everybody can wear masks and gloves and keep, you know, six feet apart or whatever. Like, I understand. I mean. Uh, obviously like Trump has this like uh, it's a very unique thing it's like you're the president you can basically like you call a press conference people kind of have to show up for it but I, I, don't, I don't feel like people wouldn't show up for a Joe Biden like actual physical press conference at this point you know how visible was Hillary Clinton who was so hated at this point how visible was Barack Obama in the lead up to both elections. Yeah, How only, visible I, I think, has Bernie been? Well, no, I mean, I've seen more of AOC and Katie Porter than I have of Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, I think the issue is, but the issue is like, of course, we're dealing with something that's unprecedented. I get it. Okay. Um, I just think if you're Biden's people, you've got to come up with a way to start messaging how, how much of a better leader he'd be around this. I mean, I guess there's an argument. Listen, there is an argument that it's like, what's he going to do? He's not a governor. He's not a senator. He's not the president. He's going to get up and talk about what he would do. And I do think there's a possible like backlash to that, which is like, well, it's cool. You can say what you would do or what you think, but you can't actually do anything about it. And maybe their take. But don't you think Cuomo has stepped on something with his visuals and his sitting yeah, but and the, his doing? Yes, but keynote. I do. And if Joe Biden sat down and said, here's my campaign's platform, here is the current situation, and here's Trump's campaign platform. Which of these would address this problem? I do, but I agree. But the issue is, I think, Cuomo has – he has a state to run. I mean, he's in, directly in charge of making sure that that people get the care they need, that people don't die. Like, I mean, I think – I think that there is one of the issue, and maybe now I'm just like working through it here as I talk about it. You know, you get him up there, he can't enact anything, he can't make anybody do anything, he can't, he doesn't have any power right now. He's just a candidate. So I mean, it's kind of like, what's he gonna do? Put together a task force and they're gonna do what? Like give recommendations? Like, sure. I mean, he kind of already said he was doing that. I do think the issue is like, what does Joe Biden do right now? Uh, meanwhile, I didn't well, want, I didn't he, want to talk about I politics. Seen photos, why haven't I seen photos though of like or like conversation stuff, screen caps of Joe Biden and like a FaceTime call with, you know, like AOC and then Gavin Newsom and then Cuomo from all across the political. Well, he's spectrum. apparently doing like, some of that stuff. I haven't really been following it that. Closely. I haven't seen any of it. I mean, I was just and looking. all I've seen is Jill Biden talking for him. I mean, he's, he did he did the Late Show with um with James Corden. So I mean, you know, <laughs> I mean, well, just call it call it a wrap. We did it, kids. <laughs> I mean, he's got James Corden, so I think you're all set. Everybody knows he's great. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Anyhow, I don't even want to talk about politics. I just want I just want people, I just want a real leader to do real leadership stuff. I mean, honestly, like, you know, say what you will about Cuomo's politics. 
every time he talks, I feel like I learned something and I feel like he's giving us like information in a way that I would want like a actual leader to give us information. Like here's reality. Here's what the data says. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we need. Like we don't get back to normal until we do X, Y, and Z. Not this fucking bullshit from Trump where he's like out there going. Well, it's like the bare minimum looks so good right now. Like Cuomo cut Medicaid in a pandemic and like that's not something to ever like forget. And yet his competence looks so attractive amongst like the complete insanity that is like, I, I like I, I mean Trump tweeting out like liberate Minnesota. It's like he's calling for like the death of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Did you see the Bossip headline? It's so good about the governor of Georgia. Yeah, because he's like, you know, Trump's like, we got to open the states. Governor of Georgia's like, all right, Mr. Trump, whatever you want. And then Trump's like, fuck you, you're an idiot. Why would you open your state? It's so like a classic Trump. It's anyhow. All right, let's talk about technology. Let's talk about fun stuff. Let's talk about cool stuff. Let's not talk about Donald Trump any longer. Well, nothing at the moment is very <sighs> fun or cool. It's true. It's <laughs> true. Um, far right extremists hacked Bill Gates. Yeah, is that fun or cool? No. Bill Gates has become a, a a lightning rod for well, first off, so like Bill Gates, like honestly, like you type in Bill Gates' name to Google now, it's like Bill Gates, Jeffrey Epstein, which is like sad, very sad for Bill Gates. I don't know what he did with Jeffrey Epstein. Apparently, they were buddies. Not a great look, from what I can tell. Um, but listen, I have my complaints with Bill Gates. Uh, the Epstein stuff, I don't really know what was happening there, but I'm certainly you know keep one eye open and like. It's nice that he gives away so much money, but like, you know, you could give away so much money that you're not the second richest man. Maybe you're the fifth. Maybe you're the eighth. Just give away more. But at the same time, like, there's no reason to have a conspiracy theory around Bill Gates. Like, everyone's like, like, they, like, there's this whole thread online that's like, Bill Gates gives the most money to the WHO. He must be behind COVID. It's like, truly no good deed goes unpunished. If he had just, like, never done a thing, never given anyone a dollar, they would have just left him alone. Okay, so wait. So Bill Gates, so he now, but then he's, like, doing all this stuff that's very positive. It seemingly, he's, like, setting up the, helping to set up these, like, huge vaccine factories, and they're going to test different vaccines, and they're going to all, like, kind of, like, swarm on the one that that is the most effective. Hold on. <coughs> oh, boy. That's COVID right there. Um. And, uh, but, but yeah, but apparently he's become, uh, I mean, it's weird. It's really fan. It's like, it's like sort of fantastic because it's like anybody, I mean, there's, and by the way, all the stuff that's like these, these counter protests and these open the, open up the States and all these like right wing, like, I think all of it has a really weird, like feel of not being something that is real or organic. Like all of it is just like this weird mishmash of like Q Anon and like extremely astroturfed. It's very yeah, like, tea party. Yeah. Yeah. It's very like concocted. It's like people are mad at Bill Gates now because like he's trying to help. And it's like, all of this just feels like really fishy. Like, I don't want to say it's like Russia, but it definitely feels like a manipulation of, of like the, it's certainly of the media. But it feels like a manipulation. I mean, of, even if it is Russia, it's kind of it's shitty. It's 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 an indictment of us that we fall for it so easily. But we did write that story that was like all the anti quarantine Facebook groups were linked to the same gun rights organizer. Yeah, and and the Times the Times has a thing that it looks like it's like some Coke related thing, the Coke brothers, you know. And it's all like it's all there's always like this is not like some organic movement. This is some some weird astroturf bullshit or this is like propped up by some large organization. The thing that I, that is striking about the Bill Gates conspiracy stuff is it's like it feels 
very much like out of the out of the kind of you know the the fucking swamp of like 4chan it's like it's like doesn't even it's like you got to take like some Epstein conspiracy stuff and you got to take some QAnon shit. Then you got to take some anti-vax shit. And then you got to take a little like right wing gun nut shit and like states rights and fucking, you know, like militia bullshit. And you kind of swirl it all together. Anti-science, anti-climate change sort of thinking. And you swirl it all together and you get like a mystical like Bill Gates rumor or whatever. And I think that the whole thing is just like feels wildly phony to me in a lot of ways. But we can't well, like the motivation for to like cook up a virus and then release it in the world like it changes like per twitter thread by a QAnon person like yeah. it's always like yeah. to put chips in us to do like to control the economy to you know install a fascist dictatorship which like Donald Trump is the president like you got what you wanted <laughs> yeah it's like nobody's installing a dictatorship you got what you wanted no I mean um I mean th- I mean it, it's different every time it's like they want to put chips in our brains it's a, but it's also like sorry why are I've always wondered I mean we've talked about this before but it's so interesting to me the way you like if you're part of a political party you have to be down the line on every belief but like so you're telling me that like the far-right extremists are also they also they're like you're a far right extremist. You believe in like I don't know what. You're a Nazi. You're a neo Nazi. You want to get immigrants out of the country. But like you're also like COVID nineteen is a is fake, and Bill Gates is a pedophile, and like whatever it is, like you have the whole bucket of ridiculous ideas as like a package that you have to believe in. Like I get like you're a gun nut who hates immigrants. Okay, totally understand your platform. You suck shit. And like you have bad ideas, but I understand what you're all about. You don't like uh, people of color. You don't like Jews and you love guns. Um, Totally understand your viewpoint on that. But why also would you be like also vaccines are bullshit or like COVID-19 is a scam? It's like, okay, I'm sorry. I think it starts to break down a little bit when you believe all of the things like if you believe all of the conspiracies are true, then basically none of them could possibly be true. You know, I mean, yeah, you can't stitch it together into a narrative that makes sense. Like, you like David Icke. No, I was gonna it. say you it's can't. Like, you can. You'd come up with the Biggest Secret, a great book by <laughs> David Icke that I recommend. David, I'd love to hear David Icke's take on five G. David Icke. Oh no, no, no. There's, there's fucking David Icke's been talking about it. I didn't. We do a story <laughs> about it. Hold on, David. I've been Icke. avoiding. Oh no, I think I, David I, I'm Icke. Is, I don't really want. Okay, to. I think Dave. By the way, David Icke, if you don't know, is a is a huge. Uh, so he's one hundred percent. Uh, a 5G conspiracy theorist. Okay. Of course. A 100%. Uh, David, I called on YouTube. This is you an article. Too. This is an article for early April. Coronavirus YouTube Titans rules after David Ike 5G interview. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, listen. During the interview, Mr. Ike falsely claimed that there is a link between 5G and this health crisis. And when asked for his reaction to reports of 5G masks being set on fire in England and Northern Ireland, he responded, if 5G continues and reaches where they want to take it, human life as we know it is over. So people have to make a decision. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. Everyone's so fucking dumb. Like, it is so <laughs> insane. I'm sorry. The internet was supposed to be this it was supposed to be it was like all the world's knowledge at our fingertips and it's like you know what you fucking guys have done with it you've used it to be like 5g 5g is the antichrist it just makes everybody as smart as they were 
but like on meth. No, it's like, you know, it's like, so like people who know information are now like experts and they're like, actually, uh, you know, I'm a Twitter user and I pulled some studies no. from this blog post and over here. And then, you know, the no. people who are conspiracy theorists are like methed out. Conspiracy Everyone, you know, everyone's like, everyone's, everyone is, is very smart about the thing that they're most interested in, which is not the same thing as being very smart. It's like, yeah. I believe that like dragons are real. So I have studied, I've gone down to, I've read every fucking Wikipedia entry on dragons and I'm a dragon expert. And so like, you know, don't step to me with your fucking no dragons don't exist bullshit. It's like, okay, cool. Like you've picked the thing to be an expert on that literally is dumb as shit. Like, congratulations. You're like 5G actually causes coronavirus. Let me explain it to you. I've read all of the papers. It's like some fucking dipshits have like written about it. Like people who are like, pseudoscience like literally it's like you're you're you did you went to the university of 8chan you know you went to the university of wikipedia or whatever and now you're like yeah these guys these fucking armchair epidemiologists on twitter who are like time for some game theory here's how the how many deaths they're going to be and it's like you uh like didn't complete high school and like you're a fucking accountant like what i don't i don't you know it's like i don't know like where is this coming from and meanwhile, I say this as a person who didn't complete high school, and I am a professional accountant. I guess you can't really become a CPA if you don't complete high school, is my guess. This is the kind of stuff yeah. you learn about if you complete high school. <laughs> what you can and can't do once you have the, once you have the, um, whatever the fuck it's called, diploma. Is it a diploma? Well, so what you get? Yes. I'm a very smart or a guy. GED, I think. I don't know if you got a diploma. Does Does the D in GED stand for diploma? The, please don't okay. ask me. You're absolutely maybe someone you, with a GED. You could not have found a worse person to ask this question to anyhow. So what were we talking about? Oh yeah. Right. So Bill Gates got hacked. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's only a small part of the big problem, which is like that people exist who are like in, are like, we got to hack Bill Gates and, and spread like misinformation. About I just don't understand vaccines. Like, wait. So like the, all these people, whether or not they're doing it in good faith or they were like tricked or whatever, these people are protesting because they want like barbershops open. Um, and they have like guns and masks and they're like yeah. riding around town with their gun, like flailing their guns around and like scaring healthcare workers who are trying to now counter protest, which like, please, healthcare workers, don't waste any time on this. Um, right. But like <laughs> they're the same people who say that like protesters, like Black Lives Matter groups are violent and like they're quote unquote thugs and they're like dangerous and they, you know, they're, they're terrorist organizations. But like. Black lives. I've never. I've been to several Black Lives Matter marches. I've been to Trans Lives Matter marches. Nobody ever has a gun. Nobody's ever wearing a mask that like. And I'm not talking about like a health mask, like a surgical mask. Nobody's ever wearing like a full fucking anonymous, like you know what's his name. Remember, remember the fifth of November, Guy Fox mask. Like people are in general holding signs and crying and like pleading for people to understand that they don't want to die of preventable causes, you know, at the hands of police officers. That is way too violent and outrageous right. and extremist. But like, I want to go to the barber shop, so I'm going to take my AK-47 and some children and stand on the, the the courthouse steps. Like, I'm sorry, what the fuck are we talking about at that point? And I understand that. Like, listen, there's some stuff that they're saying that we need to hear. I think. I, I actually think. Like, I do think we need to hear that they that these groups and these people however small they might actually be this very vocal tiny minority doesn't want to be spoken to like children they don't understand the science they're frustrated they're tired 
okay, we need to address those things because whether or not they're right, those are going to bubble over into problems and we need to start dealing with it now. Um, but uh, what I don't understand is that like, okay, why do you think this is the solution? Because you're most of them are wearing surgical masks. So they clearly don't think the virus is fake, but they think that like everybody going outside and to being together is the solution to what? Like, so you can get a haircut. Okay. But like, what else? They're like screaming about Liberty. It's like, you know, you're a, like, if you want to go get infected, go right ahead, go like lick a subway pole. If that's your goal. I mean, the, the thing is, okay, look, first off, we don't know where, I mean, the, basically these protests are not grassroots. These people are, people are getting fired up by large organizations that want them, that want to create like panic and they want to create civil unrest and they want to create like some feeling of, uh, you know, uh, some feeling of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, combativeness, combative nature between, you know, one side of this and the other, like the Democrats and the Republicans, like Republicans want to open it all up and Democrats want to stay home and they don't care about the economy. It's all a plot to undermine Trump or whatever. And it's like the, the, if we had a president, if we had an even remotely normal president, and I mean like like a Mitt Romney who sucks, okay? Like Mitt Romney blows, right? But Mitt Romney, I think in this situation would probably be like, well, okay, there's a real like actual thing that's like 15,000 fucking people have died in New York. Something like 45 or 46,000 people have died in America in like a few weeks. It's the leading cause of death in this country, okay? This is not a fucking game. It's not a joke. It's not... It's not smoke and mirrors. It's not a fucking uh, conspiracy. It's real. People are fucking dying like en masse. And there's like, we do not have the capacity to deal with all of it. Like we just are scrambling right now as a country. If you had a normal president, a normal president would say like, we're, he'd say what fucking basically what Cuomo's saying. He'd be like, we're going to get things back on track, but we have to do it the right way or there's going to be more death and we don't want that because it doesn't help anybody should, if, yes. if another 100,000 Americans die for no reason, you know? Yeah, what they, the messaging should be, we want to open the economy up so badly and we want to get America back to where it was, but that only happens if we have our priorities correct. And our priorities are saving lives, not because of the ooey-gooey feelings, even though those are valid and we do need to care about people, but also because if you don't care about those things, the economy isn't going to recover if there's a mass amount of people dying. Right. And the economy isn't going to recover if everyone's scared to go to bars or restaurants because we don't have science and we don't have the situation under control. So what you'll end up doing is opening all these places up. What the president should be stepping up and saying, we need to put the economy on ice. And what on ice means is that rather than everybody being fired and then companies reopening and having to rehire, think of the lost man hours, the lost effort, the lost money that we will all suffer because all of these companies didn't know what to do. Rather than doing that, what we're going to do is make sure everybody's stuff is paid. We're going to suspend rent and mortgage payments. We're going to add those mortgage payments to the end of like your term. So, you know, say this goes on for six months. Now your mortgage is extended six months. The bank will get its money eventually. All these banks have enough money to be, to survive. Um, and we're going to suspend rent payments. And if you're a landlord, like you're going to have some leeway on your mortgage payments for those rent payments. And if you don't have mortgage payments, well, then you're in financial enough 
shape to handle the hit. I mean, and that sucks. And that's where we are because what we need to do is get to a place where people can go to Walmart and people can go to their local bar and people can go to a local bookstore and people can hit up Target. And we can only get there if we do things in the right order. And there's a right order because this is what the economists and the scientists and the medical staff are telling us. And if you have a problem with that, then you are against um, – you're against sense. You're against like, that's what they should be doing. And instead of that, we have Joe Biden. Who's like fumbling around being like, this guy's a wackadoo with malarkey and Trump. Who's just like crowing and hemming and hawing about how the blue States deserve to die. I mean, the, Literally. the, the reality is, I mean, the Republicans are a fucking death cult. They don't care about anything except power and money. They do not care about poor people. They do not care about working class people. They do not care about people's rights or civil rights. They do not give a fucking shit. And Trump is the perfect embodiment of it. He is like, he has no, there is no fucking, most Republican uh, politicians have worked hard to like pretend, at least in public that they don't feel that way. They've worked really hard to like create laws and policies and behind closed doors talk about how they all of those things are real and they don't care. But they've basically put on a front like they do care. Trump has basically take, taken that all away. And now we see like what they really are about. What Trump cares about is he doesn't care if more people die. He wants to get reelected. He wants to get more money flowing into businesses that he either has an association with or has actual monetary uh, uh, benefit from. And that's all they care about. That's all they care about. I mean, the, the only the, thing that we need to continue restating and the main thing Joe Biden should be saying is Trump hotels have not taken in a single homeless person. That tells you everything. Well, I mean, that's, that's one of many that's things it. they could say. But but I think that resonates with regular people. I think if, if you said Trump hotels have not even opened up for homeless single mothers and their children during a time of pandemic, that... If that doesn't resonate with people that like, then, then, then humanity is not the way to go because I can't imagine anybody with a shred of a soul at this point who would be like, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, but the point is going back to the protests and these like groups or whatever, if there was a president who <laughs> was even remotely trying to pretend or just remotely sane. There wouldn't be people wouldn't be out in their cities like going, I want to return to work because they would feel like the government was going to support them. They would feel like they would understand what is actually going on with the facts. I mean, this is a fucking dude. The fucking president of the United States pretended this was not even a thing until like March. Like until March, he was like talking about how it wasn't a big deal. I mean, we just have complete a total bankruptcy in terms of leadership. And that bankruptcy doesn't isn't just about like policy. It's about how people feel. They feel like they don't know what's going on, which is ultimately what he wants because he wants chaos and he wants people to be fucking he wants people to die. He wants people he wants the economy to be restarted, not because um it's important for America, but because he thinks it's important for him. You know? And uh anyhow, so the point is like all these protests you're seeing, by the way, they're very fucking small. There's like less than five thousand people in America who've protested, okay? They're nothing. They're nobodies. They don't represent 90% of Americans are like, yeah, I want to stay home and protect my communities and protect myself. And I'm going to do that until scientists tell me otherwise. Most Americans are not those people, you know, and those people are being propped up by by bankrupt politicians, morally, ethically bankrupt politicians and corporations that want them to die so they can make money. 
And like anybody who falls for it is a fucking sucker and they should know better, but, but they are, they are getting the wool pulled over their eyes by the fucking leadership of this country. And it's, and it's, it's a disgrace. It is a fucking disgrace. The likes of which we've never seen. I mean, we have not seen for a very long time in America. And, you know, it's like, there's a great New York times story about, about what is going to happen to get us back to a place where we can, you know, sort of reopen America or take the economy off of ice. And it's like the end of the piece is, is, is talks about, America's status in the world. And the reality is like our economy, our leadership, our sta- our stature is fucking gone. It it is gone. Like this is this is not America is not the world's leader anymore. China is the world's economic power now. Uh in terms of moral leadership, and that's going to come from other countries probably uh, in Europe and Asia, you know? Um in terms of uh, in terms of of the status of America, what do we do? We make iPhones. We came up with the iPhone. What else? We don't even make the iPhone, right? What else do we do? What else does America? What else is America good at now? We have pop stars, and not even ones as good as K-pop. Yeah, uh, we have um, what, f- missiles, missiles, and no theaters, f- weapons. Uh, we make missiles. weapons. We're, we're, and um. Yeah. Uh, Broadway, but again, not as good as the West End. Right. So, like, I, mean, no, I don't I mean, know what we do. If you think, I don't know Disney, what we do. Disney, Netflix, you know, entertainment. But Netflix is all, I mean, basically Netflix is is completely built out of Chinese debt. And well, I mean, not to get into a larger <laughs> no, conversation but also, about that, but like. Well, but I mean, also, but also, I mean, they're, you know, all these services are like, their big targets are not like just america now there's like an entire global of course not Netflix's entire... <laughs> biggest target is is india right it's like there's a huge market uh that these that they're just starting to break into that could be much much bigger markets than america is and anyhow the point is the fucking point is if we had real leadership this would be a different story like this would be a different experience and we st- we still actually could have uh the world's attention as a leader you know if we had done this yeah. the right way and we didn't and it's very depressing, you know, and as a person who's lived through some of the some of the best leadership, I mean, listen, you have people have problems with Obama, but the reality is Obama was was a great leader, especially in times of like national crisis. Like he at least you may not have agreed with all his policies. I know I didn't, but he at least was able to get up in front of people and say, all right, here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. This is the deal. Like you may not like it. But we've got to do it. And people are like, I mean, yeah, sure. Republicans fucking hated them, but they mostly hated them because he was black. I mean, let's be real. You know, not because of his policies. His policies were fucking centrist as shit. You know? Yeah. He was basically just a very liberal. Yeah. Republican. Yeah. Um, Anyhow. Well, okay. let's move on to some I'm like, we're not going to talk about politics. Or... Yeah. Here we are talking um, about politics. Well, some things are getting better. Google, uh, we wrote a story about how Google is now requiring advertisers to verify their identity so that you'll be able to see like who placed an ad um which kind of baffling that that's not like industry standard and also like you know legally required well i think we've i think we've (laughs) come a long way from from i mean when you think about advertising when you think about you know what it used to be versus what it is now like advertising used to be this thing where you were like all right, I'm a. I make Coca Cola. I'm Coca Cola. I have a, a marketing arm, a marketing arm. I, 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 you know, or I contracted a, a ad agency in New York. They're like, well, you got to get your ads. You got to put your ads in Vogue because all the Vogue, you know. Oh, you made Diet Coke. Well, that's great for the Vogue readers. We're gonna put some ads in there. It's like, okay, the ad company 
worked with the the brand, and now there's an ad in Vogue magazine. It's a very straightforward transaction. Okay, now it's like there's like a company based in San Francisco that's a CPG brand that ships its goods from China. Uh, they've hired a marketing firm. The marketing firm has contracted a bot network to you know it's like just shit. I was all fucked up. And like, you don't know, like anybody could put a fucking ad on Google. I could put an ad on Google for something right now. What am I advertising? You don't know. I could put an ad, a fucking pro-Trump ad on. As far as I know, you don't know who put the ad there. It just shows up. You type Trump, Russia, suddenly my ad appears. Trump, actually, Trump has nothing to do with Russia. Russia hates Trump. Whatever. The fucking point is, it's crazy how much we've gotten away from the standard transaction of like the way ads used well, to work it used to be if you wanted to buy a magazine it was at a really reduced cost because advertisers like created art within there that also plugged their products and so you'd see like a funny little ad and it would be like pretty and you'd be like oh interesting and next that would be an article that was also paid for by that ad existing and although we probably shouldn't have tied the uh you know truth telling fourth estate to uh <laughs> um to capitalism and to selling products it was a system that like worked because advertising works when like a little of it is done the right way it works better for consumers and in my opinion it works better for advertisers but now that we're in a place where like these advertisers are coming into your home and like yelling a message at you anonymously um when you're like just trying to do things that should be basic utilities like look up you know how to convert ounces into whatever or like maybe you need to read the news and in order to like get basic information about how like to use a mask to not get a pandemic um disease you have to be confronted with like this one weird trick for your belly fat it will also stop nazis and you're like what and then you click on that and it's like we're so obfuscated at this point that to act as if these companies don't have a responsibility like it's 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 shocking the amount of money that Google makes off of something that is if we're being honest a pretty cynical and like unethical business practice well, and we have yeah. not like asked for like a basic level of like a basic level of accountability a basic level of transparency and like you know even Facebook this week rolled out this thing where pages will now have a feature where you can click on a button and see what where in the world the page is based and it's like, okay, but like, are you hunting down this information or are you just scraping it from people's credit cards? Because if you're just scraping it from their credit card data, they could just buy a credit gift card well, in the US. I mean, it's definitely and do it one time. I'm sure they're and then fake that data. I think they're requiring, I don't know how they're doing it. I mean, but I mean, the Facebook thing is one thing. On the ad side, I would just say that I think it's a step in the right direction for us to be able to identify who's actually behind an advertisement. Um, I do think that, uh, you know, people talk about the ads on Facebook. You know, I think there's been a lot of focus. Facebook has actually gotten off the hook, in my opinion, because people have focused on the advertising on Facebook. They're like, oh, well, political advertisements and all this. It's like, that's actually not the problem on Facebook. The problem on Facebook is not the people who pay for the advertisements. It's actually more the 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 sharing, the organic sharing of misinformation on Facebook. You know, like, I mean, it's a separate topic than the Google thing, obviously. I think it's just generally positive that Google's going to be able to show who an ad, where the ad came from, and they're verifying who is actually like behind the ad. There's like, that's going to prevent a lot of bad actors, I think, from even like getting in there. But I mean, of course, they can set up shell companies and all that shit. And I'm sure they will. But uh, the, but the Facebook thing is different in that 
I mean, what the problem with Facebook is that shit is shared organically. Like, like old people are like, oh, wow, like Hillary uh, has, you know, pneumonia and is dying or whatever, you know, or Hillary has, you know, some weird bone disease, you know, I'm going to share this meme that I saw from like my cousin's page. Like, that's actually the fucking problem with Facebook is that people are disseminating information, not the fucking, I mean, obviously the ads are an issue too, but I do think any attempt to show people where something's coming from and, and hopefully like identify that it may not be the source that you think it is, is really useful. I'm, I'm mostly on the Facebook thing. I'm mostly excited because I now, it now will expose people from, I mean, one of my great, great pet peeves is people from like England or Australia or Canada who are like prominent, um, like U S politics commentators. It's like, seriously like shut the fuck up like you don't live here you didn't grow up here i'm not saying that like foreigners can't comment on american politics but when it's like milo yannanopoulos who's like uh british and he's like somehow a voice of the right wing in america it's like shut the fuck up and more than anything i want people to be like wait this guy is like in uh ireland and he's like a prominent political commentator on u.s politics like go fuck yourself so that's I'm hoping it tamps down a little bit on Australians and British people commenting on my politics in this country. I don't know if it will, but that's all I want. Is that too much to I ask? I personally stand Louise Mansion. I don't know why you. Yeah, would she's another fucking it. one of these fucking British <laughs> British motherfuckers. They're like, what Trump said today was so important. Shut the fuck up. It's like I don't say shit about your fucking dumbass prime minister. Like seriously, <laughs> we don't need to hear it from you. Like we're, we're not part of your shit for a very specific reason. We don't want to hear British people talk about our politics. We literally created the whole country so that could happen. So please respectfully shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. By the way, one of the greatest phrases ever coined in the history of in the history of speaking. One final note. I just want to throw out, Hey, GameStop, if you are listening you're not, but if you are, and if anybody who goes to GameStop is listening, don't open your fucking stores. I get it. Your business is falling apart, and that's the end for you. Well, that's too bad. Please don't kill a bunch of people on your way out because you were like had to compete with the eShop. Please, GameStop. Uh, this is just a PSA from you to for me to you, from uh from from old pal Hulahan <laughs> to uh to my old pal Gamey. To your buddies. Uh, cut it, cut it out, bud. Um, shut the fuck up GameStop yeah GameStop <laughs> first they wouldn't shut down because they're like we're an essential service and then it's like sure it's like well I guess I mean listen I understand some people don't have internet access and they gotta they play a game I mean I think it's like it's tough it is tough to argue that like, there's a difference between a liquor store and GameStop well I mean you could definitely make an argument I mean the truth is about like honestly people could be in a really bad way if you don't have liquor stores open i mean exactly without liquor stores people could have seizures and like right like strokes like me like me like i would die if there were no liquor stores (laughs) open i would actually drop dead um i think like i think like gamestop pretty tough argument that they're essential and then um um you know they want to reopen it's like guys i don't know I think maybe you guys maybe you just wait. never reopen. Just wait it out. Maybe you guys just just you know have a have an auction of whatever's left. You guys can all split it and go home. <laughs> GameStop wasn't going well before this. I can't imagine that like reopening a couple stores is gonna turn the tide for them. I mean, it's definitely a bad look. 
if you ask me, if you're GameStop and you're like, we got to get those doors open. We got to crack those doors open right now. We got some Amiibo to sell. Yeah, we got. Well, it's also like, yeah, we got some used consoles, but, you know, only lightly handled. It's like, I don't know, guys. Maybe don't. Just don't do it. Well, in gadget news, oh. you want to talk about your magic keyboard? Oh. You have so much to say about that. I got a, um, I got a magic keyboard, Apple's magic keyboard for the iPad. And it is a really weird device. It's super heavy. It is very stiff. Um, it doesn't feel like it should be, it doesn't feel like it should work, like, but it does. It, there's a very steep learning curve. Like right away, you're like, I hate this. This is the worst. This is very uncomfortable. The iPad is definitely not a device that is made for touchpad, sorry, trackpad and keyboard input. Though I think like it's like 50, I would say 65% like where it needs to be. Fuck it. I'll say it's like 70% where it needs to be. It clearly is not designed. The iPad OS is still not designed for like someone who's predominantly like 80%, 90% of your interaction is through a keyboard and, <laughs> yeah. and a trackpad. It's definitely designed. Wait, remember when they were like, we can't put a touchscreen on the MacBook because it's, it, the OS wasn't designed for touchscreen and it won't be good. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I totally yeah. hear that. Yeah. <laughs> but you can stick a mouse on an iPad? Yeah. What? No, it's like there's some <laughs> things that are really clunky, like, like, you know, I was pasting in links from Pinterest to somebody and it's like the dialogue, there's still like a dialogue to copy a link. And it's like, why? I mean, I can hit like splat C, I can hit like Apple C and copy it. Like, why not just let me open the thing and hit, you know, splat C or whatever. I still have to open this weird like share sheet to get a link to then paste it yeah. in somewhere. It's like, there's some very clunky stuff. that's like, this isn't how it should work. You know, obviously you can, you can copy and paste. Like there's stuff where it doesn't it, this is still saying it's always annoyed me it doesn't target text fields the way it does like you open a new tab in chrome the text field is not targeted right you uh to talk to somebody in slack when you open you know, i switch between an app and go back to slack i have to hand target the text field that i want to type in which is like insanely annoying i think that they yeah. could make some changes and i hope that they do in the next couple of versions that make this a lot better that said the iPad is 100,000 times more useful with a proper trackpad and keyboard. It is ridiculously fast. It feels like the fastest computer I've ever used. Like switching between apps, like going in and out of stuff, just like doing shit just feels ridiculously fast and smooth. And like, I will say, I definitely see a version of Mac OS in the future that is basically just like the iPad OS with like serious augmentation. But like, Whatever it's doing, it's like I still would like Windows. Like I still would like to be able to yeah. put things where I want them. Like it's really weird to me that I can't close something when I'm done using it. Like it just sits there. I'm like, okay, I'm finished taking this note. I no longer need to have the notes app open. And it's like, what do I have to do? I got to go into the launcher screen and then swipe it away. It's like, that's stupid. Like just let me close the app. Like I don't need notes open right now. So it's like I don't need it in my in, in my selection. Right. I don't need to see the note. So it's like little things like that. But I will say it is, I mean, I still think like, you know, it's it's still not a computer for sure. It can do a lot it of stuff. It will not be a computer until you can until it has Xcode and until you can sideload apps. And I will stand firm that it is not a computer. It can be a gadget, it can be a device, it can be a computing tablet, but it is not a computer with the like full heft of that word until they make it into a computer. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, 
I'm fine with most of it, but going from that back to a normal computer felt again, still felt like, you know, an incredible breath of fresh air. So they're still not all the way there, but I will say it's very encouraging. I want to stop for a piece of breaking news that we've just discovered. Uh, <laughs> I have to stop. I'm going to stop right here because it's breaking news, although it won't be breaking news. Um, first off, hold on. Oh, boy. A- according to a, a new report, which we're looking at right now, I don't know what APM reports is. American Public Media. Okay, so this is like, apparently there's somebody who got, uh, who had COVID-19 at CES 2020, in which we were <laughs> we were all in attendance. Uh, if and- anything, if anything, we were we were we were awash in humanity. Yeah. Do you know how many people and things and surfaces I touched that I normally wouldn't? Do you know how disgusting I was at the end of an? I mean, uh, I mean, a day listen, on the show floor. Listen in to this. Uber. Listen to this. Uh, in, a, in a Twitter party with Snoop Dogg. <laughs> While millions of people worldwide will likely have antibody tests that return positive results, Weber's outcome. This guy's name, Michael Weber offers new insight into how the virus may have begun to spread. He was among more than 170,000 people who attended the Consumer Electronics Show between January 7th and 10th in Las Vegas, a four-day event that attracted technology professionals from around the world. Speculation has been whipping around social media for months that the virus might have incubated during CES and was sprayed worldwide when attendees traveled home. However, Weber's... This is fucking nuts. I cannot believe CES is ground zero. Dude. (laughs) Wait, I love that we launched a tech site, immediately went to CES, at which the apocalypse started. Dude, I mean, it's literally like... (laughs) Fuck. I mean... And you know, that guy who was sick, quote unquote, in front of me on the plane... Oh, no. Remember that guy who shit his pants and was coughing the whole flight? I wasn't on that flight, but I heard about it, and I was glad to not be on it. Uh, I think we're... Were we all in the air at the same time going back? No, I went back no, the night you before. Left early. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm out of here. I left during our yeah. team dinner. I was like, fuck this. I got to get home. Um, you did. <laughs> no, I did. I changed my flight. I was like, I think I can get home a little bit early and I don't want to go to my. Okay. In my defense, nobody was mad at you. Huh? Literally, we were all just jealous. No, in my defense, I completed the majority of the dinner, but also my flight out was originally like a 5 a.m. flight. So I would have had to like get up at like three in the morning. And yeah. uh, anyhow, I whatever. The point is, no, we were jealous as shit. And yeah, you got up from that table, and it was just like, there he goes, the luckiest man <laughs> in the world. <laughs> anyhow, the point is, this is an incredible, this is an incredible, incredible fucking situation. Uh, it's what a, a development! I mean, what a world we live in. What a world. One minute, moment ago, I was talking about the iPad keyboard, and now I'm talking about how CES 2020 was ground zero. For the coronavirus. Well, we don't know if it actually was, but what I want to know is how do we know? How do we know? Here's what I want to figure out. How do we know that he had it at CES? Hmm. It's not clear. Hold on. That is interesting. How how do they hold on? Yeah, so like if I got tested and it said that I had it, could I this news story would be about me? When a doctor filmed Michael Weber on Monday with the results of his antibody test for the coronavirus, his first word was filled with irony. Congratulations. He had tested positive, meaning the 49-year-old who divides his time between Texas and France had been infected with the virus and recovered. I understand. They're just saying that somebody who was at CES had it, but they're not saying he had it at CES. Is it because – I'm trying to get through this story, but is it because he remembers having symptoms at the time? Uh, This is very unclear. This is very unclear. 
multiple conference attendees who seriously became ill in the days after CES. I mean, that was us. Three of them are still waiting for antibody results. Hmm. I'm very confused about this. Like, it just says that he was there. Like, cool. So were a lot of other people. And he had it. But but how do we know he wasn't asymptomatic like three weeks ago? Oh, wait. Here we go. Hold on. Convinced I have the virus. CES draws a jet-setting crowd. Okay, hold on a second. Weber stopped in Hawaii, Southern California, and finally San Francisco. For him, January is a blur of travel, dinners, and meetings. Weber, who's also a professor at Texas in Texas, hold on, had been reading about the virus. He was aware he might be at heightened risk for exposure at CES. He was vigilant. When the conference ended, he and other attendees began to fan out across the globe. His head felt swollen, his body ached, and he stayed awake during the night struggling to breathe. For days, he ran a fever and shivered under blankets despite wearing three shirts, a hoodie, flannel, pajamas, and socks. On January 18th, with the worst days of the illness behind him, Weber returned to Twitter. I don't, I know in my brain that I don't have this virus, he wrote, but I spent last week at CES with, with my boss, with 170,000 people, many of whom came from China, and I got a weird respiratory cold that made us sick for a week, so my paranoid self is convinced that I have this new killer virus. Okay, so he basically had the symptoms of it. Post and now he's testing. Yes, now he's testing positive for the antibodies, and he hasn't been sent sick since. So that would line up. Hold on. I mean, it's not proof. But it's not proof, but it's like if he hasn't been sick since, it's notable. I mean, this is somewhat. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it fucking makes sense. Yeah. Anyhow, Laura says this is really funny. Well, we've solved it. We cracked the code. If CS was ground zero, it's fucking hilarious. It's also like <laughs> insane because I haven't been to a CES in a couple of years. So it's like, wow, did I pick the wrong one to return to? If we personally brought coronavirus oh my God. to New York. Oh, my God. Because we but, all got sick immediately. Okay, but hold on. CES. Yeah, but hold on. Now, Evan, Evan believes he had coronavirus recently and had all of the symptoms, right? Well, we don't know how long immunity lasts for and it's variable. Oh, well, what do you mean we don't know how long immunity lasts? If immunity doesn't last, we're fucking screwed. No, it, it doesn't really last. You get, we know for a fact you get a few weeks, but it could be a little longer than that. It could be shorter than that. We have to wait for a vaccine. I mean, we touch so many things there. Think about how many things we touched while we were at CES. Think about how many like actual devices we handled and like yeah. people whose hands we shook and like food we shared and stuff. I mean, literally, there was trays of food that reporters were just like walking up to and grabbing some with no sneeze guards or anything. I mean, it's. See, you know, of course, we were in like a pile of bodies at the Twitter party. Like, they, oh yeah, the Twitter mad. party. The Twitter party was a mess. People were drink sharing drinks. Fucking yeah, people make, were hugging out. I hugged a couple of people I never met. Yeah, no, people were drunk off their ass. Fuck. Oh wow, huh? Wow, huh? No, but look, this is interesting. They have a tweet from somebody. They're like, 10 days back in Atlanta and still coughing. But like, Laura, I was talking about this. I had this cough. We were just talking about this that like wouldn't go away. God, did I have it? My God. I literally, did we not start this podcast with this thing about how everybody said about how like they had it? And it's yes, like, it's like, oh, so wait. Weird. It's like, wait, we fucking had it. We actually had it. I think we brought COVID to New York City. Don't say that. Don't say that. Look, a lot of people from New York went to fucking CS, okay? We were a very small know, group. But we were amongst the people that like brought this nation to its knees. I mean, <laughs> it's very sad and upsetting, but I mean never question the power of tech bloggers again. I know. What's funny, what's so funny is like you you I knew that you heard about the stuff going on in China. It was like kind of a story, but it wasn't really like a big thing yet. And it didn't even cross my mind. I'm like, wow, it's like there'll be a lot of like, you know, vendors from China at this thing. Like I talked to a definitely talked to like many companies from China at CES, like chatted, played with their fucking products. Remember that 
the the arm thing you use, the VR arm thing that everybody was sticking their arms in? Uh, yeah. Remember all the fucking hem- helmets and headsets we did? Remember the tattoos we had printed on us by oh my tattoo God. machines that were oh on my everybody? God. Oh, my God. It's just an absolute <laughs> fucking Petri dish. Just a swirling. Never again. Just so you guys know, if we ever go to CES again, we will not be wearing jumpsuits. We will be wearing bubbles because we will be bubble boys. Dude, I mean. Never again. And Next time I go to CES, I'm wearing a mask. I'm wearing gloves. I mean, I I don't know if there'll be a CES after this, to be honest with you. And frankly, fine. That's fine. Let's figure something else out. The The last, the last CES was not good. It was very bad. It was a bad CES. Uh, Fuck. Uh, everybody was smoking. Everybody was smoking weed because it's legal there. Yeah. We we're all weakening our lungs. Oh, sharing terrible. I mean, we were sharing, sharing food, joint. sharing drinks. Oh, it's insane. Fuck. Wow. Well, <laughs> incredible. Anyhow, that magic, uh, I mean, magic I was, keyboard. Yeah, I was going to, we were going to talk about the keyboard and Apple's making a con- like a controller to you know sell with their phones and i magically fired a thousand people but frankly all of this pales in comparison to it's... the breaking news that we might have stopped the american economy <laughs> uh i mean yeah like what can you say it's like sure i mean other things happen but now that we know about the cs news it's changed out it's mean, changed my whole outlook on life i i got a Fuck. All right. Um, well, let's go to nice things. Are we doing nice <laughs> things? That's fine. That's yeah. fine. We don't need to keep going. There's, is there anything else? Uh, 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 what, I just want to make sure we covered anything super important that we needed to cover. I mean, nothing's so important. Uh, again, that magically fired. A magically people fired people. Not totally unsurprising. Unfortunate for the people who worked there, but very unsurprising yes. given how um, poor Magic Leap has been doing and how uh, vaporware their product is. Uh, yeah. So unsurprising situation. Um, and Apple is making that controller, and that's very interesting. I, I, my prediction that things were going to get weird in gaming, like the '90s again, coming true. And I, for one, can't wait to purchase an Atari Jaguar. Um, same, same. Very excited about that. I, uh, I look. I mean, Apple making a controller makes a lot of sense. I mean, they've definitely been, they, look. They have Apple Arcade. It's an actual service. They've been pushing gaming on the Apple TV and on their devices. It would not be uh, completely surprising to see them. If they gave out like a game shell controller that snapped to analog sticks, four face buttons and a couple shoulder buttons. Um, if they gave that out with every iPhone, they would kill the Nintendo Switch immediately. Well, I mean, that's a whole different thing, right? You're saying like a conversion, like a, a one of those like you're saying like a little one of those like shells that snaps a controller. Off. Yeah, I don't see Apple doing that. It's a very inelegant. It's a very inelegant. um way to for them to do gaming i can't yeah, they, they haven't been very elegant of late i don't uh, think they'll true. win if they sell apple tvs with like google stadia controllers i, I don't i don't well, see how like that's a compelling narrative i mean why apple. not why not because people don't really love their apple tvs let's start there but also if you're going to sit down and have a console like experience for 200 dollars, you can get a ps4 with a library of exclusive games game streaming um, and a company that like has deep, uh, deep enough pockets and deep enough, uh, a, a deep enough bench of studios that only make games for them, and that they have this built-in infrastructure of like online game. Like, there's just no comparison between Sony and like Apple Arcade. Um, and so, an Apple TV with like shitty graphics and like a whatever controller that's like another purchase. I don't see that happening. But right. I do think that if they said, "Hey, 
if you buy an iPad, if you buy a phone, you also kind of get a Nintendo Switch. People, I mean, Stardew Valley is like not an insignificant amount of people. Right, um, right. And I think you could convert a lot of people over to Stardew Valley from Animal Crossing. And Apple might would walk in with a much better narrative and a much better story to tell um, like parents shopping for Christmas than than um than currently google stadia has like people can imagine what that is people like playing mobile games and if apple was like hey just like you have a compass in there it's just like you have a map in there just like you have a camera in there just like you have you know um uh you have a what else is in the phone a, a, a wallet you have a your plane ticket it's all on your phone guess what you also get this little controller and it costs us two dollars to make it and now we all own, own all of mobile gaming i mean yeah that's pretty I'm I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it is definitely an interesting idea, and it does speak to the fact that, like, listen, nobody's sitting prettier than Nintendo right now. Like, Nintendo's having a great year. Like, they're going into the fall with exclusive games, with a, a huge install base, and they can just market their titles when their competitors, like Sony and, and Xbox basically have to convince you to buy a whole new console and a game. Like, Nintendo's sitting very pretty, but it could all be upended because the mobile market is as like crazy as it is. So yeah. Anyway, let's, let's move on to nice. Let's do nice things. Let's just do it. Um, Go ahead. I dare you. I dare you to find a nice thing. Speaking of gaming, I bought a PVM, which is a professional video monitor, uh, which is um, like a CRT display that is like a newsroom like yes it's like, like standard professional like you could do color matching with it um the phosphors it, within the display itself are really high quality and it and it's like oh it looking at it it looks better to me than like like there's some quality that it has like there's like a brightness to it and like a a richness to the color that it just doesn't compare when you play like you know than nes mini classic or whatever like right. it doesn't compare right but um, it's a tiny it's like a 10 inch screen or something right yeah i mean you can get them a little bit larger they get very expensive very fast obviously and they don't produce these tubes anymore so there are only a limited number of them in the world and they don't make them yeah um but you can get like an eight inch screen which sounds like comical but if you stick it on a desk and you put like a game next to it um anyway it's for retro gaming and um boy it's amazing it is like gorgeous and you know you you really can see that with true fidelity like the artwork that went into sprites and pixel art and that went into a whole history um that is being lost and that we only we don't get to see you can go see the mona lisa and it looks i mean it's been restored and it has to be behind glass and stuff but it looks generally how it looked right you know this art form is disappearing and obviously i'm very passionate about game preservation and like old school retro gaming but it is very interesting that i have had a gaming experience this week that like probably no one very few people within a mile radius could do and that most people would never have accessible to them um so it's cool and it's giving me a new appreciation for the amount of work that went into making those kind of like experiences possible um and right, right. yeah i think that was the only nice thing that's ever happened to me so. i mean <laughs> it's it is cool i mean i do respect it i saw uh you saw you showed it on um our slack or our zoom call the other day and uh i was very into it i have to say i kind of always wanted one of those but it's like so impractical 
But like, I mean, you truly use it like one time <laughs> every once in a while, and it's hundreds of dollars. So like, I wouldn't recommend anyone run out. <laughs> right. But. I mean, I'm a big fan of small monitors. Like when I was at Bloomberg, they had discontinued these monitors that were like these um, small panel. I think they were 12 inch maybe 10 inch panels and you could get them in like arrays of four panels. So you could snap like different data sets into each panel. And, uh, I like, nice. I like made the it people like dig them out of storage. And also one of the old school Bloomberg keyboards when I was there, because I wanted like the old school, like the, like the classic, not like old, old Bloomberg setup, but like the kind of classic Bloomberg setup, which is like, it looks completely insane. Like it makes no sense. It's like for somebody. Yeah. It's like for somebody who doesn't know how Windows work on a computer, <laughs> yeah. basically, which makes a lot of sense considering like what I know about Mike Bloomberg. Like it's like, oh yeah, we need we'll need another monitor to put the other window thing there, and it's like, yeah, you could just make a square with the window, but it's fine. Just just put the monitor up. Also, when you have an unlimited budget to solve problems like that, right. where you're just right, like, I don't know, throw another monitor on it. <laughs> yeah, just put a fucking screen. Very um, Apple Lisa. So my nice thing is. We got a new dog, and I haven't really talked about the dog a lot. I think I might have talked about her a little bit. Um, we got a new dog named Ginger. She's a two-year-old Chihuahua. She was a rescue. Um, and, uh, you know, I was like swore, you know, Penny, you know, I love Penny with all my heart, but she was a very bad dog who was cruel and unusual. Um, you know, she just, we, 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 we trained her poorly, but she also had a very poor temperament, you know, not did, couldn't socialize with other dogs. Didn't really like Zelda. I mean, like Zelda, but it was sort of like, wasn't a big fan. Um, and so, you know, we, we had talked for a while about getting another dog. We had looked at some, some potential dogs. We talked about getting a cat. We saw ginger. We, we had a very weird situation where we, you know, went through all of this stuff virtually to get ginger, uh, or to at least be a, a you know a, a, to apply to possibly adopt Ginger, and then you know we met with the with the person who'd been fostering Ginger, and we had to do like a six foot distance thing where like we could see the dog, but like we all were all wearing gloves and masks, and they wanted the whole family there. It was really awkward, just like such a weird time to be doing it. Um, and we and but we ended up taking her home, and she is uh, just the sweetest, most loving, most w wonderfully behaved uh uh just great dog like a wonderful dog um she's kind she's playful she's affectionate she's like really into getting under the sheets in any situation any under any blanket any sheet anywhere she loves to like curl up and be like covered up and stuff and like she's just super i have to say as at a, at a moment where things feel really bad sometimes having um a a, a new companion a new dog companion has been really good um you know even just taking her for walks you know even just needing to go like hey we're gonna go for a walk and like having a reason to go outside has been um really good and so yeah so my nice thing is we got a new member of the family her name is ginger she's wonderful i posted some i, I think i put something on twitter and i put something on um uh instagram the other day she's a big fan of like getting onto like my lap while I'm working and like curling up. Um, but I've been like, the best is when you're on a zoom call and she just like, she's like, I have some things to say. Yeah, no, <laughs> she's very, she's very, got a big personality and she's like, really like, you can kind of hear, like you kind of can like see her thoughts. She's very attentive and thoughtful and pays attention to stuff. And anyhow, but like, it's, it's interesting because we haven't had a dog. I mean, we had Penny for a long time, you know, she was like 14 years old, almost 14. And, um, 
And, you know, I got so used to how Penny is. It's like weird to have a new dog that has a totally different personality. And uh, it's been great. It's been great for everybody. It's We've all been really enjoying hanging out with her and learning about her personality. And, you know, it's wild to think like one day we didn't have a dog. And then the next day we had one. And now like we, you know, she'll be with us until she's dead, which could be a long time from now. Could be a, you know, hopefully we'll be decades, you know, probably will be over a decade, I hope. Um, and so, you know, Zelda will be like a teen. She'll be like driving when this dog is old. And that's nuts. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my nice thing. And um, that's all I've got. That's it. Bye. Bye. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. And I've just been told, actually, that your family, uh, they've all found great new hobbies and they're going all in on them. So that's great news. And I can't wait to see what comes out of that work.